Hi there, this is Jonathan Greer from smallchurchshepherds.com. I just wanted to give you a quick editorial remark before this episode on longevity to let you know that after the recording of this episode, we decided that we had not done the topic justice. There were some questions that we wanted to answer about longevity, specifically what damage has a lack of longevity done to our churches And how can longevity in the pastorate help remedy those problems or help guard against them in churches? And lastly, is there a point when longevity has been lived out? Is there a point when we can say a pastor has been at a church too long? And so those are some questions we wanted to answer and we will answer in next week's episode in Longevity Part 2. So I hope you enjoy today's episode on Longevity Part 1. Welcome to Small Church Shepherds, a weekly podcast of smallchurchshepherds.com, a ministry that exists to equip enrich and encourage small church pastors. My name is Dennis Ellenberg, and I'm the pastor of Antioch Baptist Church in Brandon, Mississippi. And my name is James Clardy. I'm a teaching elder with Grace Falls Church in Fedville, Tennessee. And I'm Jonathan Greer. I'm pastor at Franklin Creek Baptist Church in Moss Point, Mississippi. Uh, today's topic, guys, is the importance of longevity in ministry. And as we sort of get into this topic, we're going to be talking about longevity. And by that, we mean the value of staying in one place for a long period of time. You hear a lot of guys talking about that now, whether it be guys like H.B. Charles or, or John Piper. They'll talk about the importance of staying uh, for long seasons of time at a church. And so we're going to discuss that, um, discuss what do we mean by that, and, and, and how can pastors stay somewhere and be faithful somewhere. And so I, I guess the best place to start is to ask the question, what do we mean by long? Longevity. When we're saying longevity, what do we mean and what do we not mean? Well, I, I think when I, we see longevity, we, we have to talk about this statistic that always gets thrown around that, you know, average tenure of a pastor at a church is usually two and a half to three and a half years. Um, that is not longevity. In my mind, longevity in, in being a pastor and being in a pastorate is a combination of two things. One, it's staying at a place uh, long enough to make a difference somewhere. And number two, it's ensuring that while you are there, you are thriving in ministry um, and not just wasting away your years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I would totally agree with that. You know, I, it's not necessarily a set amount of years, 10, 20, 30 years. I like what Jonathan said is where you've been there long enough, you're starting to see an impact and, and not just an immediate impact, but a long term impact in the health of the, the congregation and even an impact, obviously, in your community. So uh, that's one of the ways that I would I would determine longevity, not necessarily the amount of years, but maybe even the effect of longevity um, in that sense. But but what it definitely is not is this uh, year and done, um, you know, that happens. Are there circumstances in which sometimes that takes place? Yes. Uh, but most of the time in, in 20 years of experience, and I know you guys have plenty of years of experience, that we see taking place is we start implementing ideas, and one of two things can happen. Right before they start working or getting started, we've the honeymoon's over, so we want to leave, uh, we want to step up, or it's too difficult. Or number two, our ideas start 
getting hindered by uh, the power group in the church. Um, I call them the old guard. That doesn't mean age old. That just means we've been there a while. This is the way things have been done. You're you're bringing change uh, to some of those things. So that guard always comes up every once in a while to say, hey, uh, let's let's pause here. Why is this happening? What are you trying to do? Um, and and so that that can happen. But I think the cure to that, I know we'll talk about that later, is longevity itself. Um, right. Is being there long enough. But yeah, I, I would definitely uh, just to echo what uh, Jonathan was saying um, is how long are you staying where you're making an impact on the church and also where the church can help you also mature in ministry. Right. So. I know, I know for me, um, I had conversations sometimes with older pastors and, and you almost got this idea that, that the, the status quo for um, the 70s and 80s and early 90s when I first got into ministry, me being the much, much older guy in the group, um, you know, the status quo was three to four years and then you, you move on to the next ministry. And so that, that became sort of the context that I know I grew up in the ministry in was that you didn't see a lot of guys stay in 15, 20, 30 years. You did in the bigger churches, but it was sort of this, this hip hop, um, probably not the best word, but this hopscotch effect where you start in a small group church and then you hop to that next larger church and you hop to that mm-hmm. next larger church. And so there was always this striving for something else, something better. And and I think that that gets into a young pastor's DNA is you start small, you go to a medium-sized church, then you get your big church where you'll stay 15, 20 years. And I think, you know, that that's something that if we're not careful, it gets put into our DNA. I know young, younger in the ministry, that was very much in my DNA. I was constantly looking, okay, where do I go next to, to move? my my ministry to the next place and so i think those are you know when we talk about longevity what we're talking about is finding a way to strive with the problems at a church and to strive with the people in the church to help them grow and help them be who God's called them to be. And, and you do in the ministry God's called you to do in that church. And, and I think that's important. Um, and, and so that leads into my next question, and it's this. Uh, what does longevity look like on a practical level? When we're talking about practically, what does it look like to stay somewhere for a long time, knowing that that may be different for each guy, you know, um, longevity is different for each each guy. So, how, what does that look like practically? I I think longevity practically looks like uh, flexibility, compromise. Um, I, it is hard to be um, at a place long if you view your word as law, you know, and your views as law, if you're not able to bend and flow and grow with a congregation um, and you just try to come in and say, you know what, I'm, I'm God's man here and y'all are going to step in line with how I think you need to be doing things. You know, that that's not going to lead to a, um, long ministry somewhere. I think in order to be somewhere a long time practically, you have to be able to grow with people. Um, and, and that kind of in hand in hand means you have to love them. Um, and yeah, I, I would, I would go along with that 
speaking of resolve, that, that word just really resonates with me, um, <clears throat> excuse me, to be resolute in, in what we're called to do. And, and we understand as, as pastors, theologians, that our practice and our practicality has to be rooted in our theology. And and so with me, my I, I go backwards in a sense before I get practical, I get theological or biblical, whichever terminology you like to use. But I think about what the scriptures call us to be as under shepherds. So therefore it leads to my practice. Um, as we look to the example of Christ, to the teachings of Paul, through the scriptures. And so therefore I understand there has to be that practical resolve to know whatever comes my way, I have to have the determination godly determination to weather those storms, those valleys, that loneliness, uh, whatever it may come, even with the good times, but to, to, be, to be resolute, to stand in those areas, and to be the man of God uh, that the scriptures call me to be as a faithful shepherd. So that's that's one of the things, practically speaking, when it comes to longevity, I would just encourage someone, you, you just have to become uh, resolute um, to be committed to know this is where I'm supposed to be, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, and then mm-hmm. um, then stick with it. That That's something that's helped me um, because I, too, like Dennis, come from a background because of the Americanization of Christianity, that bigger is better. So because of that, each church was a stepping stone of sorts. Mm -hmm. Uh, But by God's grace and getting my theology of the church right um, and pastoral theology correct, um, that helped me in becoming more resolved, more committed, understanding what I'm called to do. And when we understand our call, I think it helps with the longevity. If we see ourselves as a CEO manager, yeah, you're only staying two to three years and get put right. some new programs in there and move on. But when you see yourself as that pastor shepherd, that pastor theologian shepherd, you're looking at the big picture again, practically, you're looking right. at the big picture mm-hmm. on that. So that, that that's well, what, what I would throw in there. Well, well, I, I think I, for me, okay, go ahead, Jonathan. I was just going to say, he's making me think of an illustration that might kind of guide this conversation. Um, I, I got this from a professor in, in a class I took once. He said, pastors need to model their ministry after Abraham's sojourning. He said, you can notice when Abraham sojourned somewhere, the first thing he did was set up an altar. Um, after he had been somewhere a long time, like when he was sojourning near the king of Blimelech, um, he dug wells. Um, and then by the time you see his sons coming into the scene, he had been somewhere settled long enough that they had planted crops. Um right. All of this was a progression, and, and a lot of pastors only get into a church long enough to build an altar for themselves. Right. Um, and then if you keep going um, and you stay there longer, maybe you begin to dig some wells, and that's like your your people deepening in their faith. That is right. that is um, your people being more mature. That is getting into the your into the truths of Christianity. And then if you're there really long, you start growing crops and what that right. equals is fruitfulness right. um, productivity and, and and I think there's a place I think one thing for me that I've had to come there, there are two things that have helped me sort of change my mind about longevity one is um, having a realistic outlook when it comes to ministry I think sometimes we go into a church and I, I don't know about you but I know for me I have all of these dreams you know I start thinking about man we're going to do this and we're going to do this and God's going to do this and it's going to be amazing and when those things don't happen mm-hmm. when my 
dreams become my reality and I'm not being realistic about what ministry is, that it creates disillusionment in my heart. And mm-hmm. it creates bitterness in my heart. And so learning to be realistic with what, uh, you know, the fact that you're dealing with people and that, like you said earlier, James, you know, you've got things that may be very biblical programs, um, ideas, theology that you want to teach them that are very biblical, very practical, that will help the church. But learning to be realistic enough to realize that, you know, when, when, a, when a church pushes back, that that's a part of their growth. And being able to understand that really helps you with longevity. Uh, But also, I think humility to realize that we're not, you know, we're not Moses coming in and taking these people across the wilderness. Our job is to be faithful shepherds and to help lead them deeper, but not to see ourselves as the savior of that church, which I think sometimes we can, you know, because Mm -hmm. let's be honest, there are a lot of churches that are in in some really bad places. And we go in with a savior mentality that that we're not able to do that. We're not able to, to, to accomplish that. And that's where, I would I would go back to what we were discussing earlier. Just again, the practicality is understanding the call uh, before you jump in is understanding your 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 call. And what I mean by call, not just necessarily the external call and, and internal call, but the calling of the scriptures on the office of an elder. Right. And um, and that'll help you, like you said, those. Um, unrealistic expectations um you know all those things can be put in its proper place uh when when we start there and like uh, we've been talking about just practically start putting these things in place it'll it'll take you it'll take you a long it'll take you a long way um if we if we will remember what who we're called to be and who we are who we call you know not only to be but also to do right okay so here's my next question um and I think this is an important one, and, and, and just sort of thinking through longevity. Uh, what are some of the seasons that a church goes through, a season of ministry life that we'll face, and how can we see warning signs of longevity killers in those various seasons? And let me, let me give you an example. Like some of the seasons of ministry life, I think we all agree there are seasons where we're growing, where people are coming into our church, where things are working right, people are seeing the benefit of some of the, the, the ideas and, and changes that we've brought. And then there are seasons of ministry decline where um, it seems like nothing's going quite like it should, where people aren't attending like they should. We don't have as many visitors. How do those seasons play into longevity? And also, what are some of the warning signs that we could see that say, okay, this may be a longevity killer if we're not careful? Well, there's really two things that are going to kill longevity big picture not not small like big picture uh either the the pastor and his family are going to burn out or and get tired of the church or the church is going to get tired of the pastor you know like one of those two things is, is going to happen um and i think a big reason uh that we can handle and is in all bark all our ballpark is how we handle our expectations of the church as you were talking about earlier Dennis we come into a church and that first year or two is is honeymoon 
You know, right. this church is wonderful. Yeah, there's a few little odd odds and ends here that, you know, kind of show up. But you're a wonderful pastor to them, and they're a wonderful church to you. And then somewhere between year two and three, um, when you realize, man, all right, I've been here two or three years. What have I actually accomplished? What have I actually changed? Um, you start realizing if you look at it a certain way, well, maybe there hasn't been too much. And then it starts right. thinking, well— Maybe it's because it's time for me to move on. I obviously haven't been successful here. Um, and, and that can kill you if you have that wrong perspective. So instead of thinking, I need to just push through this, I need to endure this, I need to labor with my people through this, you just start thinking, all right, well, I guess I, I wasn't successful here. I need to move on. Yeah, and and, and I would add to that after that is, is the minister – has to focus on his his personal relationship with Christ. Right. Um, is if you start seeing yourself becoming cold and different to the people of God in your local congregation, that is a red flag. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, there are seasons, but you when you start being cold, your prayer life will change for those people, your concern for those people will change, your studying for your sermons and Bible studies will change. And I would go back again to say it's all rooted in that relationship with Christ because as we know, Amen. your heart has mm-hmm. to be in a in a healthy place consistently. Again, we know there are seasons in the believer's life and we too as ministers that people must understand we are repenting sinners in the midst of our sanctification journey and so because of that we have down times we have high times but as a minister if if you allow a prolonged season you're lapsing on your prayer you're lapsing on your study of god's word and meditation on it i promise you it will kill longevity and if mm-hmm. you continue to let it grow or neglect, I should say, it will not only kill that, it can kill your ministry. Um, and so that's what I would work on is your relationship with Christ and uh, as far as that. I know, and I, and I absolutely agree with that. I think that, um, you know, a lot of times what happens to us is, number one, I don't think we communicate with our people well enough about the fact that um, – that we're going through these seasons. I think we try to hide that. Yeah. And I think, I think being, being, um, humble enough and being a Christ-like enough to be able to share maybe not with the whole congregation, but, but at least with a, a group of people in the church to say, I'm dry right now. I need y'all's prayers. I need y'all to walk through this with me. And I think in some senses, it's a, it's a pride that we have as pastors because we feel like we have to have it all together. But, but once again, going back to how we were brought up, I, I remember a pastor tell me, never let the church see you struggle. Don't let them see you sweat. He told me that. And of course I thought that was ridiculous. Um, but that was sort of the old way you have to put on this veneer of perfection because the church doesn't want their church, their past, the church doesn't want to know their pastor is struggling. Jonathan? Uh, I think another thing that goes hand in hand in that is something that's going to kill longevity is when you lose connection with your sheep. Like if, if you can go the other route, when you are feeling dry, you will, at least I know in my life, when I'm feeling dry, I tend to retreat into my study. Oh yeah. And not be out and amongst the people as much because I, I want to avoid whatever I'm fearing in my head or whatever situations might be out there, fires. But 
if you want to have a long and fruitful ministry, it cannot be apart from your sheep. Um, you got to be with right. your people. Right. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's essential. All right. So um, as we begin to wrap this up, um, let's sort of talk about some some things we can do to help to help um, stay longer at churches. What are some things that, that we can do and how does that longevity remedy some of the problems that we have in our churches and how can that help the local church? So, so let's start with you, James. What are some ways that we can stay longer and then how can that that staying longer help our local church? Uh, I know I hit on it earlier, but two that come to mind uh, first. Number one, again, if, if you're struggling with longevity right now and you want to leave, instead of looking at your circumstances, again, go back to your call. We're, right. we're not we're not called to circumstances. We're called to the church, you know, right. and you, you cannot get away from difficult circumstances. The church has sinners involved with it. With that comes sometimes chaos and pain and problems. Um, so get back to that call. And the number two, the things that have helped me in my life, and, and Dennis has been one of those for me and, and other men that I know of, uh, get some accountability. Um, I, I know later on we're going to do another show later on about mentorship, but get get some accountability in your life. Get some people who will speak hard truth to you. Hey, how's and ask you difficult questions. How's your prayer life? How's your marriage? How's your relationship with your children? How mm-hmm. how's your studying? Are are you are you? As Jonathan just mentioned, are you becoming isolated, withdrawn to your yeah. study apart from the people? Get somebody who will be a surgeon to your soul and will take a sledgehammer to it when necessary because they oh, love yeah. you. Um, I just know in mine, what, where I've struggled in the past is the call. I forgot the call, what I was called to do. And, and when that call changes to something else I think I'm called to do, it hurt my longevity. And number two, I became, and Jonathan mentioned it, I'm the same kind of personality in some sense. I like to get in my study, become withdrawal and grumble, complain. Why aren't they this way? Why is this hard? If the church would change, this would happen. Um, so get some men in your life that will surround you. If it's one, two, three, or however, and open your life to them and say, listen, expose yourself, transparency, hold me accountable, help me in this. Because mm-hmm. it's just like anything else. This 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 ministry was not designed, and I would argue even with our ecclesiology because of plurality of elders, it's not designed to be done alone. Mm-hmm. It's not right. meant to be that way. Um, so find you some men that will do that, and you'll, you'll be surprised right. how you get in the valley of suffering. It's easier to do it with five men than this by yourself. Yeah. Jonathan? Uh, I would say one thing that comes to mind is when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane uh, that last night before he was betrayed, and he comes out from praying to the Father, and he comes to his disciples, and he tells them to watch and pray so that they do not fall into temptation. All right. And, and and I think that one of the reasons that's going to kill your longevity and that we need to work on is watching and praying. What are we watching for? We're watching over our own souls. Right. We're we're watching over our circumstances around us. Right. And that and part of that so circumstances is exactly what James is talking about. Do we have right. godly men in our lives? What are the influences that are influencing us right now? And and if you do not have godly men in your life if, that are surround you, not just and I, I would say and add on to that, not just a godly Christian guy, other pastors. There right. there are burdens Absolutely. that you're gonna bear, decisions that you have to weigh through that 
the only person who's going to understand it is another pastor. Um, and then third thing is that's going to give you longevity is praying. If your prayer life is dry and dull and the only time you've prayed is and you need to be praying at people's bedsides. You need to be praying in the hospital rooms with them. You need, you know, you pray in your church services. But if your only time of prayer are formal work prayers, you know, I'm doing the air quotes here, work prayers, <laughs> then your prayer life is not what it's going to need to be in order to have longevity. Right. And, and, and I think for me, just having a, just reminding ourselves of, of what we're called to do, not allowing our dreams to become this uh, this idol that we strive for, but allowing ourselves to see practically, this is what God's called us to do. And I'm just sort of reiterating what James said, but this is practically what God's called us to do and not allowing those idols to take root in our hearts that take our joy away from ministry. I mean, they really do. They take your joy away from ministry. And then also being able to to focus on the fact, and I think this gets back to the last part of the question, that sometimes the things we want to see happen in a church, those are the, like you said, Jonathan, those are the crops that happen as we 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 dig our wells and we build we build our altars, we dig our wells and we plant our crops. And the only way we're going to see some of those things in ministry is by staying a long time and by being um, patient and by striving with our people and not against our people for their good and for the glory of God. And as we do that, I think what we see, what we begin to discover is that God begins to to, to answer those prayers that we have in our heart and begins to uh, to allow us to see some of that fruit that we sh- we long for so much. Um, any anything else about longevity you guys have? Anything that that you wanted to say or or um, no? I think we pretty much covered the subject. And so James, you want to take us out? Um, we appreciate you guys joining us today. We want to thank you guys uh, for spending the time with us today uh, here at uh, Small Church Shepherds. Uh, we encourage you to check out our social media feeds at Twitter or at uh, Shepherds Small. You can find us there or on Facebook at Small Church Shepherds. Uh, if you have any questions for us, we love any uh, questions, topics, or suggestions. You can email those to us at smallchurchshepherds um, at gmail.com. And to download the newest podcast, uh, go to iTunes, look up Small Church Shepherds, download that. Leave us a review, and by doing that, you help spread uh, this ministry that we're using to equip and uh, uh, encourage ministers of small churches. We want to thank you again for joining us today. Uh, God bless.